Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Mooresville. But thank you, Lord. The Lord is so good. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 15 through 18, okay? And, and I'm going to talk to you about prayer a little bit this morning because I think we're in a time where God is raising up uh, an anointing for prayer like, like I've never seen before. Now, I will put a, a disclaimer on this message. As Becky gave a message at River Life School of Ministry uh, this past Tuesday on prayer, and this her message is way better than mine, okay? So I can't really compete with her on the prayer because she has 30 years of prayer experience. Uh, and we all have that, I hope, or... or somewhere in that realm, but some of us have more of an active anointing for prayer than others. And there's just people in this room that have a powerful anointing for prayer. So I want to, first of all, thank you for, for that, because that's really key. Um, but I'm going to approach it a little bit different. I'm going to talk to you about uh, um, prophetic prayer and priestly prayer, okay, and how important those two styles of prayer are. Um, so let me first read this. Uh, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And then he got, and I'm going to stop there. Um, so um, I think this prayer, I, I've, I've prayed this prayer more than any other prayer in the Bible. You know, there's a, probably about a, almost a dozen, maybe 11 or 12 what they call apostolic prayers in the Bible, prayers that were prayed by the apostles. And, uh, and then, of course, you have the prayers that Jesus prayed. Uh, and those are, all of those are amazing things. They're just an amazing way to pray when you don't have, you know, especially when you don't have something, when you feel like you don't know how to pray or know what to pray. Uh, there's two ways of handling that. One is praying in tongues, obviously, praying in the Spirit. And the other is we have these beautiful prayers in the Bible. And, you know, I think any prayer that's in the Scripture has a potential to be answered, <laughs> right? Especially Jesus' prayer, I mean. <laughs> but I do believe this is a prayer that's for us. And so if you need some guidance from the Holy Spirit today, anybody need guidance from the Holy Spirit? Anybody in a situation in their life where they need, they need the Lord to help them speak to them? Well, I have discovered that this prayer is very powerful for that. Okay, it's, it can really, and that's really what it's for, is the Ephesians needed some guidance. They need some particular information from heaven. And Paul listed three of those things. You know, the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of his power. They needed to know that on a deeper and greater level, and all of us need to know that. All of us need to know exactly what he prayed, but I've discovered this prayer works not just for those things, but for other things. There's other things that we desperately need, and this is a prayer that can launch you into hearing from the Lord and getting, getting the information that you need from heaven to make the decisions in life that you need to make. Is that, that's really what it is. 
my, my, my prayer life, when I think about my prayer life, which is not such a great prayer life. Some people are much better. But I have always tend to be more in the intuitive, which I will call prophetic prayer. In other words, that was a more of a prayer where I'm seeking the Lord about my relationship with Him, about things that I, I want Him to do in my life, about my about my maybe my personal issues that I have, maybe my personal, certainly my personal issues, uh, and and how to grow grow in the Lord and grow in the things of the Lord. That was that has was for years. That was the main way I prayed. Uh, and then, if, then there was another part of my prayer life, which I will call the priestly prayer of my life. You know, in the Bible, a priest, what did a priest do? The priest's job was to represent the people before God. That was, that's really what the Bible, when the Bible talks about priests, that was their, their job. And so, you know, occasionally people would be sick or, or people would be in an emergency and, you know, and, and so I would pray for them or maybe there was, uh, you know, the, our, our government was doing stuff that I didn't love and I would pray for our government. So I, I, that would tend to be, but in, in recent years, the Lord has really brought me into more of a, of where I really feel like I can function in both of those worlds, in, in the prophetic prayer world and in the priestly prayer wor- world. And, I've bec- and there's a certain part of my prayer life where I regularly and it has impacted me so much. Pray for people. Any person I know that's sick, I have a list that I go down every day, at least once a day, sometimes two or three times a day, where I go through and pr- and look at those people in my mind's eyes and see their face and pray for whatever situation they have in their life. And what that has done for me is really enabled me uh, to, there's a power in that, where the enemy can't get to me at times where I feel vulnerable, like when I lay down in bed at night. When I get in bed, I don't know about you, but there's a vulnerability that's on me, okay? And I think it is on most people, um, where, where the enemy wants to bring thoughts or bring anxiety or bring anything. But I have found that, you know, by praying for other people, not trying to focus on the feelings that are coming in, but praying for people that I know have needs has really helped me it's like it puts a guard around me. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah. You know, and so I think that's been really important. I tell some people jokingly, but maybe not jokingly, like, hey, please get well because I got to get you off my prayer list because there's times my prayer list gets really long, you know. And here's the honest truth I don't mind be praying for people going through a list and falling asleep in the middle of it. That doesn't bother me on any level. I'll start falling asleep and I'll wake up like, who, who was the last person I prayed for? And then pick up, and try to pick up, you know, maybe I do or I don't. But I just believe there's, some, there's power, there's power in both the prophetic prayer realm and there's power in the priestly prayer realm, okay? Uh, another word for the priestly prayer would be intercession, Okay, that's, that would be what we would call it. Jesus ever lives to intercede for us, and he's our, our high priest. Are, are y'all good? Yes, yes, and amen. Yes, so this prayer, uh, you know, I've thought about this prayer a lot, actually, because I pray it a lot, so I've tried to dissect it as much as I can. But I wanted to just tell you a few things that may be helpful to you this morning in this time of prayer that God is calling the church into uh, because the dire need before us, uh, number one, there's a, there's a great need for an awakening in, in the United States. Uh, 
uh, but it goes beyond the United States. In the world, there's a, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are very evil, and, very, and, and evil is, is manifesting in the world like never before. Okay? And so one of the things the people of God can do is we can begin to become priests for the earth and begin to cry out to the Lord and see the Lord uh, do some things. See the Lord raise up a godly generation of young people who refuse to compromise and who refuse to give in to wokeism and to Marxism and all the things that are coming at them. But, and, and I believe those are the ones that will be key to turn things. I believe those are the ones that really can push back on this darkness. And that's why the enemy goes after them so hard when they're young is to program them, to get them thinking in his ways. See, that's what we had to see. Program them to think a certain way that's contrary to the word of the Lord. And God wants to really unprogram or deprogram all of us to begin to get the mind of the Lord Jesus where we can begin to see and hear things more clearly. Okay, and it's really so powerful. So um, that's where I think God wants to raise us up. And God wants to do some amazing things in the world. He is not finished with this world. And we don't want to be finished with it until he's finished with it. But he'll never be finished with it. Because even when he's finished with this earth, he's going to create a new earth and a new heaven. So it's just going to go on and get better and better in some sense. So first of all, Paul prayed to the God of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so what he wanted us to know that the God we're praying to is the same God that Jesus prayed to. It's the same God that Jesus came to the earth to reveal. And all that we see in Jesus is the way God really is. Right? That's how, this is what Jesus was saying. Hey, y'all thought God was like this. You thought he was like the Pharisees said he was. Or the naysayers said, but really here's the truth. Look at me and this is the way God is. That's really the truth of Jesus. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It says, the, 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 the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's the revelation of God. And Paul was saying, this is who you need to know. You're praying to this God. And you know what? I have found at least a hundred verses in the Bible, and I think there's more, where people cried out to the Lord, and he answered them. He, and here, I just got one, just one, because this is a cool example. It says in Psalm 34, verse 6, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. There's at least 99 more verses that says this, basically the same thing. Why? God wants us to know that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ is a God who hears us. And will save us out of our troubles. He will save our nation. He will save the nations of the world. God is in that business. I told the Lord recently, you know, Psalm 2 says the Lord laughs in heaven. Okay? Y'all know that Psalm at, at all what the kings of the earth know. I said, Lord, you're laughing, but we're crying. <laughs> you know? We got to get to the place we're laughing with you. So you're going to have to do something to give us a laughter at what the enemy's doing. In other words, we're going to laugh the enemy down. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. We're going to laugh him down uh, because the power of God's going to be there. All right, the next thing he says, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he says, the Father of glory. The Father of glory. Oh, so uh, I wanted to read this verse to you. This is such a beautiful verse. John 17, 26. This is what Jesus said. This, wow, John 17 is full 
full. I have just been destined to chapter in the Bible I've just been stuck on lately. And it's so full of, of, of God. It's so full of everything. But this is how he ends it. This is his last verse. And you know what happened with Jesus when he, this last thing he prayed? He gets up and he goes to, God, to, to the Garden of Gethsemane and he was betrayed there. It is the last thing he did before he was betrayed and brutally murdered. So this is kind of a this end of this amazing prayer. But he said this, And I have declared to them your name. I have declared to them. He's talking about the Father. He's saying, I've declared who the Father is. Okay? And will declare it. I will declare it. And this is the reason that the love with which the Father loved Jesus would be in us. That there'd be this revelation of this power of love that would come into every human being. So here's what Paul's doing. Paul, Paul gives us a, one, of the, one of the names of God, the Father of glory. Okay? He, in Ephesians 3, in his other, chat, other uh, prayer, he gave us another name, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, why is this important? Somebody asked that, right? Why is it? Well, remember last week I told you there were like 120 core names of God in the Bible? Remember that? With 219 variations, but the most important was the Father. Our Father, the Father. Are y'all with me on this? This is really, we're talking about who are we praying to? Who are, who are we, what are we asking for? You see, this is what the Lord told me one time. This is a 19, am I talking to anybody? In the 1980s, this is 1980s revelation, okay? It's a good revelation. It's been stuck with me all my life. This is when I was in a desperate moment in my life. And this is what the Lord did. This is what he spoke to me. As clear as a bell, probably the clearest I ever heard God voice. I'm trying to, I'm not going to say it was an audible voice, but somehow I think it was, you know? But I'm not sure because that's how spiritual things go. But this is what he said to me. And I was, I was in a fitful rage at that moment because of my, the way my life was going. And he said to me, this is what he said to me. He spoke my name to me, okay? I mean, when you a father speaks your name, there's something that can happen, especially when the father... He said, Byron, my face is like a diamond. And you would be wise to spend the rest of your life getting to know me as I reveal myself to you. Did you get that? You see, it different, you see, God reveals himself. That's why we have all these names, because there's different aspects of the Father. He, he's a, he's, he has these different characteristics and aspects and attitudes and things that he wants to reveal to people, and he doesn't always do the same thing all the time. Sometimes we get stuck in what he did yesterday, how he was revealing himself and refused to move off of it. And he's trying to reveal another part of himself. Are you following me? Well, this part of himself is really important. Okay. This part of himself is really important. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. Okay, well, this is kind of cool. Okay. It, it points us to a particular attribute of him, which is glory. Okay. So I, I wrote, I'm going to read, this is what I wrote. I just want to read it because I like the way I wrote it versus the way I can say it. Believers of the Pentecostal and charismatic type are rightly glory-oriented, 
congratulate yourself, okay? Because glory is at the heart of God's revelation and His intentions for the whole earth. His total intention for the earth is for the glory of the Lord to cover the earth like the waters of the ocean. And so we should be happy that we're into this. We're into the glory. We should be totally like, we're in. We have finally did something right. (laughs) Right? Humans are naturally drawn to glorious things, such as a stunning sunrise or sunset, or the vibrant colors of autumn foliage. Meg and I driving down the road, talking about how beautiful the trees are. Standing in our, in our bedroom looking out the window. Look at the trees. They're beautiful. It's the golden aura. That's glory. That's a picture of glory. And we're, we love that stuff. The inherent attraction of glory is not sinful or against God's will. It is part of how God created us. And because of this, our pursuit of glory will always shape our lives. And we should be people who pursue the glory of the Lord. Now, so you should ask the question... Somebody asked me, what do you mean when we talk about the glory of God? I, I think you're like, this is one of the most difficult things, okay, when we talk about the glory of God. Because when we talk about the glory of God, we are talking about God himself. We're talking about the essence of who he is and what he's like. So it can be a little, it can be a little tricky. Well, here's a couple of things the Bible says. In the Old Testament, the glory was associated with the tangible manifestation of God's presence. The tangible manifest, the manifest presence, the felt presence of God. Uh, the, it says in 2 Chronicles 7, 1, the glory of the God f- uh, filled the temple. In, the, in other words, His presence filled the temple. People felt God. They experienced God in a powerful, powerful way. And so much so that they couldn't stand in the presence Because the meaning of that word glory in the Old Testament means heaviness. It means weight. It means significance. It means splendor. So all that splendor of God came in and God revealed that and people felt that and the priest could not stand. But it got even more intense later. It got so much they had to get out uh, of that temple. They had to leave because the power and presence of God was so revealed There's so much more to the Lord that we've experienced. There's so much more. And God wants us to experience it. Well, that's the Old Testament, okay? Uh, And there's this other word. How many people have ever heard the word Shekinah glory? Well, that's not even in the Bible. Did you know that? Shekinah does not exist in the Scripture. You know what it is? The old rabbis from the Old Testament look for a word to to describe. It means dwelling or, or settling. They were looking for a word to describe God's glory. As God's glory came and settled, His presence rested in a place, and they felt it. So they came up with this word called Shekinah. I kind of like it. You know, I always thought it was in the Bible, but it's not a biblical word. It's an it's a Old Testament rabbi word, but it's a beautiful word, I think. Well, in the New Testament, uh, the Greek, y'all probably know, you know, the Greek word for glory is doxa. It's a little different. And it refers to visibility or illumination. Illumination. Think about this. Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Do you see how he's connecting what he prayed for with this aspect of the Father? Do y'all catch that? Does that make sense? 
See, so what, sometimes when we address God in a certain way or God comes to us in a certain way, that means he wants to reveal that aspect of himself so it will impact your life. So it, just that thing can happen in your life. Y'all looking at me evil, okay? Well, those are all really great, but here's the best definition I have ever heard. And I don't remember where I heard it or read it, but this is the simple definition of the glory. It, the glory of God when God goes public with his beauty. Don't you love it? It's when God goes public, when he shows up. And goes public. I'm going public today. I'm going to show some splendor today. I want people to see what I'm really like today. So I'm going to open the curtain of heaven just a tad. I'm not going to open it too much because if I do that, it would kill them. <laughs> that would be a good way to go though, right? You know, years ago we got in trouble with some people because they were saying, your prayer for more Holy Spirit is not a good prayer because God's already given us the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, are you serious? You have all of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, but you, he doesn't have all of you. Right? And so in one, way, in one way, when we're saying more Holy Spirit, we're not saying, oh, come Holy Spirit like you originally did on the day of Pentecost. Of course we're not. We're not that stupid. You know, we may do some other dumb things and pray some other dumb prayers, but we ain't that dumb. We know he's come. We know he's been poured out. But he don't always reveal his beauty. We don't always come and show up in those matters. And that's what we're asking for. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here to reveal the beauty of heaven, to reveal the beauty of God to us. And, and to me, like, oh, let's pray that prayer all the time. I don't care what the religious crowd says. You know, they might be able to beat us on some Bible verses, but we'll beat them on the experience. Okay? <laughs> And that's what I want because when I get that experience, then I can understand what the Bible verses really mean versus what some person said they meant. I'm not trying to be ugly, y'all. I'm just trying to help us get over religion and get over crazy stuff that the church gets into and begin to have an encounter with the beauty of the Lord and know Him on a different level. Man, that's what we're living for is His presence being manifested. Well, I'm going to move on because I'm on a time limit here. Yes, sir. We're going to pray for people at the end, by the way, just in case. Well, he goes on in that prayer. So, you know, introducing who you're praying to. So, so that'll help us when you pray, when you get ready to pray. Just pause. Who am I praying to? Oh, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's who. I'm, I'm praying to that beautiful God that Jesus revealed. His kindness, his love, his care for me, his desire to answer my prayers. That's who I'm praying. And that, that'll help you be more engaged. In, it, it does me. Instead of just like, oh, Lord, help. I'm so messed up all the time. You know, I sometimes wonder the Lord doesn't get aggravated with me about the way I pray. You know, this is what you do. I don't know if y'all do this, but I do it and I shouldn't do it. Is every time the Lord starts touching me, I start telling him how terrible I am. <laughs> I'm serious. Lord, I, I'm telling you, Lord, I'm so sorry I've been such a jerk lady. And it's like, Shut up. He doesn't really want to hear that. He's not interested in that. He's just come to love on you and help you not be a jerk, you know, because he's showing his love to you. I believe that. Well, the next thing Paul says, I do not cease giving thanks for you. Now, here's the interesting about Paul. You know, we could 
never stopped preaching messages on thankfulness, but he was a big... You read most of his letters, I think probably in all of them, he's always thankful. He's always mentioning thankfulness. He's always telling us, you know, he's thankful. Like he told us, I'm thankful for you. I'm really thankful for you, you guys. And so thankfulness really is a real key. Uh, and I just wanted to share that. I'm not trying to give you a, a, a Thanksgiving sermon here or, or a message, whatever you want to call it, but. I think Thanksgiving is, is, is very important to stay engaged with the Lord in prayer. It's easy. I think for a lot of people, our default is whining and complaining about what God's not doing and why things didn't work out and why God didn't answer this prayer. A lot of times we default to that. Really, we have to really train ourselves to default to being thankful for what He has done. You know, for what he's what he has done and the promises you feel in your heart. But so I've shared this this dream I had years ago, uh, and I want to share it again this morning with you because it's been such a it's been a, it's been helpful to me. Uh, number one is this: Thanksgiving enables our faith to grow. And I'm going to read a scripture in a minute to show you that. And if you study the scripture, people of great faith are always thankful people. That's what you will find a common thread in the different people, men and women of faith in the Bible, is they had a heart of gratitude. That, that's what they had. They, that was a common, common thing in it. But I had this dream of a greenhouse. And like I said, I've shared it before. So I walk in, in the dream, I walk into the, I see this greenhouse and I walk into it. And I, saw, I see all these different kinds of plants in the greenhouse. So I don't know if you've ever been in the greenhouse, but they have little tags on them in the natural. You can go in there and they'll tell you what kind of tree or plant it was. And there was all these plants, and I, looked, I started looking at the tags, and, and it was all about faith. Faith, faith for salvation, faith for healing, faith to move mountains. And the, on the, these different plants had this. And, and I was going through this greenhouse looking, and I was in awe of, wow, this is, this is the faith greenhouse. This is, oh, this is for faith. I'm going to get some real faith from the Lord. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in the dream. Saving faith, the fruit of faith, the gift of faith, and on and on. And then I heard this voice, and this is what I heard in the dream. Thankfulness provides the atmosphere for faith to grow. Thankfulness provides the atmosphere for faith to grow. You know, a greenhouse is an atmosphere. That's what it does. And later I was asking the Lord about that dream, and, and I somehow he led me to this verse in Colossians, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, like a plant, established in the faith. As you have been taught, listen, abounding in it with thanksgiving. How do we help our faith to abound? Thanksgiving. Our faith can abound with thanksgiving. It causes a thing. And so I really believe it's really important for us now, especially with the state of the world, the state of the United States of America, the state of our government, the state of the things we're seeing with Israel and all the rioting all over the world, and is we have to be people that stay anchored in thankfulness. You know, because we have a, a spirit of fear at work in the world uh, that's really getting to a lot of people, you know, and, and pre- it causes a heaviness to get on them. And we have to be careful 
not to allow heaviness to get on us. Because heaviness is not Jesus. He said, my burden is what? Light. My yoke is easy. So we have to be careful that because of the dire need of the hour, it doesn't overwhelm us. Uh, I, I mentioned this to a couple of people this morning, is there's a, like a wave of fear. I don't know if you know that. that will come at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's full of anxiety and thought, but here's what you got to do. Here's what I do, okay? I'm just telling you what I do, and this, this seems to help me a lot. When I feel that coming at me, this is what I say. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. You see, that's pushing back on the darkness that's trying to come in because once you allow that wave into you, then your emotions get involved in it, okay? And so you're involved in, in a, a spirit of fear that's, that's causing your emotions to get afraid and causing anxiety to fill your heart. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I really want to encourage you because it is like a wave. It's a spirit. It's not normal. There's a spirit of fear at work in the earth. And if you allow it, it will get a hold of you. And when, once it's given, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So once that spirit of fear gets a hold of us, the power of love, power, and sound mind is not operative in you. You're no longer able to connect into the mind of Jesus because you're operating out of fear. You know, and fear is the opposite of real true faith. It's the devil's faith. It's fear. Because you can, when you're afraid, you do things. Right? If you're afraid you're going to get pulled, you won't speed. Uh-huh. Well, some people do. Trying their trying their self, see if they can get away with it. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and finish it. Here, the next thing he said in there, I'm going back. Are y'all good? Anybody getting anything out of this? Yes, good. He says, uh, he said here, I heard of your prayer, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I do not cease. That's important. That's what you call perseverance in prayer. He didn't say, oh, Lord, thank you for those Ephesians. Give them this. Moving on. I'm never going to pray for you again because I'm a man of faith and God hears every prayer I pray. So I only had to pray it one time. I've actually been told that. You don't have faith, Byron. You keep doing it. But Paul said, I don't cease to pray for you. There's a perseverance. Look what he said over in Ephesians uh, the, uh, 6. This is the last thing he said talking about spiritual warfare. He's saying, he was saying, pray for me. I need prayer, y'all. And then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Can it get more direct than that? In other words, there's a perseverance. Like I was sharing with you earlier, my prayer list, there's some people that's been on that prayer list for years, literally I have prayed for them for years to see their healing. We have to have perseverance. We don't really understand why, th- how things work in the spiritual realm. That everything doesn't happen tomorrow or, or five minutes after we pray. We don't really know exactly what's going on. There's reasons. God has his reasons for not answering our prayers immediately. Sometimes the devil's involved with it. That's real biblical. There's a resistance. But God... It's calling us to persevere and don't give up. And, you know, Becky could share a lot of stuff on that. She's got a lot of good insight on that from the, you know, the widow and the unjust judge and 
you know, that we have to continue going after things in prayer. I'll tell you something, y'all. Prayer is one of our major deals that the church has to do. It, it really is. This is not... This, you know, if we're really going to impact the world, if we're going to impact, if we're going to, our families are going to be taken care of, our situation, prayer's going to be the key. Because this is what Paul was saying here. After he talked about all this spiritual armor, taking up the sword of spirit, and guess what he talks about? Prayer. Because prayer is the warfare. Prayer is it. It's not all this other crazy stuff. It's prayer. If you want to do spiritual warfare, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, as you use that in prayer, to take down the enemy. Well, I'm thank y'all for that good amen there. I really appreciate it. I mean, y'all just sitting there looking at me like, mm. yeah. Well, the last thing he prayed for was a spirit of wisdom and revelation, which we actually sang about that this morning. Uh, wisdom there in the Greek means special insight. That's what we're talking about: is getting special insight from God. They needed special insight. You and I need special insight. Someone told me recently, I've mentioned this scripture. I've mentioned it a lot lately. They said, oh, yeah, you talked about that a few years ago. And I prayed it for a little while. I thought, a little while? Seriously? You can't do a little while on this. You know, that's like eating, eating a good meal a little while. I'm, we need to go after this saying, do you need some special insight from the Lord? Heck, yeah, we do. We need to know how to pray better and more adequately for our country. We, really, we need some insight from God on how to pray, how to go after things and see the Lord do some things. I'm serious. But we also need it in our families. You know, parents with young ones, parents with teens especially, Lord help you, I'm so sorry for you. Here's my best advice somebody told me one time. My kids were teenagers, and they were, like, taking me out, you know, because I was, like, old school, you know, you know, you push me, I'm pushing back, but I can push harder. You know that thing that Trump said when that guy threatened him with a button? He said, I got a bigger button. I that's basically told my kid that all the time. <laughs> I got a bigger button. I can nuke you. <laughs> I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Well... One day I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, Byron, you know what? Sometimes you just have to bite your tongue. And when he said that, it was like God just spoke to me. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue. You know, that's special insight from the Lord. For for me in that moment of life, God was saying, you need to hush because you're hurting your children. You're not helping them. You're hurting them with your mouth. Bite your tongue when they're saying and doing things you don't like. And wait for me. If I give you something to say, say it. If I don't, just keep your tongue bit. And it really helped me. It was amazing advice. And every parent of teens needs that. I'm sorry y'all do. I'll pray for you. So wisdom is special insight. Revelation means something hidden that becomes suddenly visible or clear. So I love this. And I think I've shared this a few times with you. Here's how I look at this this revelation. Imagine in your mind you're in a dark room. It's pitch black in there. Okay? And somebody suddenly turns on the light. And you can see everything that's in that room that that was always there, 
But because you couldn't see it, you couldn't use it or enjoy it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what the revelation is the moment you see it. Suddenly you see it. And that, you see, that's what a lot of our Christian life is like. We have been given everything in Christ. But we don't have revelation about everything we have in Christ. That light has not been turned on for us in every area of our life. And so what Paul was saying, you need that light to be turned on so you can begin to see all that you already have in Christ. It's already there. He's already done it all, but you don't have revelation on it. You might have brain revelation on it, but that is not what the Bible says is true revelation. Just an intellectual understanding will not ultimately help you. It, It might make you feel good for a minute. It might make you think you know something from him, but when it's put to test, you'll fail every time. But when you have revelation, even though you go through tests and sorrows, if it's true revelation from the Lord, it will withstand any fire that comes from hell. Okay? In fact, let me just say this. This is the sad part of revelation. If you have revelation, it will be tested. It must go through the fire. Because the fire tempers it. And you will come out stronger on the other end. Okay? You will come out stronger. Your revelation will be much greater and stronger than going into the fire. That's the truth, y'all. That's a, I don't like that part of it. I wish I could avoid it. You know, I've done everything I can. There's no way out. I've tried every way. There's no escape. This is how the Lord showed me one time. I walked, I walked out of this room of beauty and love and revival and I felt the door slam behind me, and I looked down this hall at this other door, and I knew I was supposed to go to it, and when I started heading to it, this flame erupted, and I knew the only way to get to that door was walk through that flame, and I looked around, and that door that was behind me was no longer there. I couldn't go back, and I had to walk through this this fire. Well, you know, you walk through a fire, you get lost sometimes. You get hurt sometimes, but eventually... Because I noticed it kept walking, I got through it. And once God was able to heal me and recalibrate me, I realized I didn't lose any of these beautiful things from the Lord. The ones that, that were truly from I had some things I lost. Like, obviously, that was not revelation. God never gave me that. I lost it. It burned up in the fire. You know, that's fine. You know, we, there was Champa, Champa Rice came here and gave us a word. Like, make sure you pick up your jewels out of the ashes. When we were going through a fire, don't forget, you got these jewels from the Lord, and they're down there in the ashes. Don't walk away from what God has put in you and did in your life. Don't walk. Don't keep going without that. Be intentional. I am not going to let go of these things. I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to betray the Lord. I'm not going to betray myself or the people that I love and I'm around. I'm going to hold on to the things that God's given me because there's a part that God wants us to play in it. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.